The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another. Brothers, so that you may not be judged, behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is is compassionate and merciful. Let's pray. God, we're hum- humbled before you, God. Um, just help us prepare our hearts and our minds, Lord. Open up our eyes. We thank you for your promise, God. Um, we thank you for being with us during our sufferings. Um, continue to teach us to be patient, Lord, in you. And may we, may we find strength. And uh, today as we, see, uh, we receive your word, Lord, um, challenge us, God. Um, to continue to keep our faith and to open up our eyes, Lord, and be ready to receive your compassion and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Grace City. My name is Trevor. I lead our care ministry here. I'll be filling in for Randall this week. Uh, He's currently out of town. Uh, We'll be back in James again. We've been there for a while. We're picking up from a very convicting and hard to wrestle uh, passage last week. We'll be walking through an important point that James is raising in James 5, wrestling with being patient in the midst of storms of suffering. Last week, Just like last week, there will be certain people that this passage will speak exactly where you are today. And no matter where you are, what you're wrestling with, there is gospel hope in this portion of James. Patience is one of the realest struggles that we face, probably more so than at any other time in history. There has never been another time where information, service, and social connectivity were available in the palm of your hand. It's really hard to fathom how much utility you have for almost everything you need, and it's only at arm's length. It would take me forever to tell you all the positive and negative uses that you have with your smartphone. And for all their usefulness, there may pose one of the greatest threats to patients. There has been assertions made that habitual addictions even arise from an unhealthy connectedness to our smartphones. There has been upward trends in anxiety, insomnia, mental health issues, effects on focus, energy levels, People will become overworked, never being able to escape work even if they're home. There's always another email, another phone call, another reason to be distracted away from your family. 
Maybe you took your kids to the movies lately, and you saw Disney's latest flick, and you realized that the movie was more for you than for your kids. It's a strange thing. You're with someone, but you're not really with them. There's a line between handiness and social torment. There may even come a time where therapy is specifically intended for you to disconnect from your phone. There's one very obscure case where a man became so glued to his phone nonstop that it led him to take his life after being in a state of permanent activity and addiction to his smartphone. The irony is this, the man that this happened to was a media firm CEO whose company grosses billions of dollars in revenue. And what was that revenue due to? Mostly smartphones. So why do I tell you this? Because we have a problem. The problem isn't smartphones per se, or just smartphones. The problem is that our expectation for timing in life is not healthy. We struggle with patience at a critical level, at a critical time. In Western culture, the struggle is real. You don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore if you don't want to. Some of the most angering words that someone can tell you is three to five business days. And the expectation is that if you exhibit even just a little tiny possibility of patience, then you have to be reminded how good of a person you are and how patient you are because that's just good customer service. There's a famous philosopher that once said that patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. I'll say that one more time. Patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Being patient and growing in patience is not something that you're going to enjoy. The idea of being long-suffering is not an attractive thought. It is one of those prayers that you need to be cautious of. Asking to be patient when you're not, it's a journey. It's a hard journey. It's a humble journey. The patience that we will be walking through today is probably going to be more arduous and wearisome than just fasting from your phone, your pride, or your convenience. Patience poses this question, do you suffer well? How do you suffer well? How does a patience reliant on the faithfulness and goodness of Christ give you the strength to endure life's hardest moments? Merriam-Webster outlines patience with a pretty simple definition. The capacity to accept or tolerate, delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. I want to leave you with a simpler definition today. Patience is being well when things are not okay. I'll say that one more time. Patience is being well when things are not okay. The gospel can produce a wellness in your soul that suffering cannot take from you. Let's look through the first few verses that A read. Verses 7 through 9 says this. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord... See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, 
brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. There's a tension and problem that the scripture calls to mind here. Patience is going to be painful, but patience does matter. James emphasizes the need to be patient, even to the extent, to the very moment when Christ returns. Patience should never leave your spirit. Patience is not just for a moment or for a time. Patience is living, if you're living godly. Throughout scripture, if you study the definitions that the Bible ascribes to love, you will see that patience is always included. And if God is love and love is patient, then if you love, that love should be marked by patience. If it is God's love within you, patience has always been part of the equation. The end of verse seven uh, lays out a condensed parable. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. There's a lot to process through just this, not even a sentence. James is pointing to something that's easy to miss. There were two rainy seasons in the climate that he's referring to. One early rains came in October and November with a later rainy season in March and April. James is painting the picture that the farmer is diligent and eagerly waiting upon the rains, yet he does not provide the rains. The farmer does not actually make his own crops grow. He's a good steward. He takes care of the soil and the land, but, the, but God himself provides the life to the field. If the farmer waits after the last rainy season, he will be waiting half the year, yet who provides the rain? The farmer points us to right patience breathed from a dependence in the Father. If our diligence, faithfulness, trust, yet we still need the Father to provide us. The teaching of the farmer points us to the gospel. James then touches on the last portion of the text following the teaching of the farmer. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. James zooms in focus to speak directly to his audience affirming the need for them to be patient. Establish your hearts. Know who you are. Know that Jesus has covered you. Know that your name is not your sins. Know that Jesus is coming. It's an already but not yet. Jesus has already but brought much into completion. Yet we are still waiting for his return. Be comforted to know that Christ is already near the door. He is near to you. He hears your prayers even when you feel like they don't leave the room you're in. It's in the overwhelming season that it's easiest to let stress take you to a place of volatility and anger. Knowing that Jesus is near to you and pursuing him 
will produce the patience that you know he is strong enough to deliver you from the crisis. It may not be the deliverance you envision or the timing you envision, but his word does not return void. Second Corinthians has one of the strongest affirmations in scripture for the comfort to those experiencing suffering. Maybe that is where you are today. Maybe that is where a loved one is. Maybe you're looking back at the past and reprocessing what patience and peace means in regard to a former season of pain. And this is what 2 Corinthians says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as, we're, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you also will share in our comfort. Second Corinthians points us to one of the greatest truths that can carry us through suffering, a patience that teaches us how to bear suffering well, a patience that creates a deep peace and contention in our soul no matter what suffering may surround us. God comforts you, and you will one day be able to share that comfort with those that need it. Enduring affliction, affliction and, uh, and suffering brings an urgency to feel a closeness to Jesus, especially if you feel hopeless, helpless and hopeless today. Endurance through the gospel creates a patience where you feel comfort even if you're in a very uncomfortable place today. The tension in the world we feel from the text is that if we're honest, we don't really want to be patient. Just like the quote from earlier, patience is bitter. It's not a great experience. It's humbling. And a lot of times we are on the learning side of patience, not very often on the teaching side of patience. Soren Kierkegaard says this when he talks about patience. Patience is necessary and no one, and one cannot reap immediately where one has sown. Patience is waiting and waiting is not being in control. We don't like that. Have you ever been in a time of waiting for God to answer your prayers? Tell you where to go, ask for a sickness or pain to leave? struggle with why a loved one was taken from you? One of the most frustrating pieces of biblical patience is that it takes time. Have you ever been so pressed and set on a destination that you want to arrive that you don't appreciate the importance of the journey? I once had a conversation with a mentor of mine uh, a number of years ago now. 
At the time, I was doing far more than I could handle, more than I could maintain. I worked full-time in the ER. I took on-call hours as a chaplain at the hospital. I led a college ministry preaching every single week. And, looking, and I was looking to, uh, to get my master's completed. And I hit a point of realizing that I simply can't maintain this. I was so set on my goals, trying to get to a certain point, and I would just keep on going full steam ahead. The thing is that you can't do everything. You can't be everywhere, even if you have good intentions, even if that's ministry. My mentor told me, you're 23. You're doing a lot more than most people your age. The work, the ministry you're doing is important, but you need to slow down. You can do this, but it takes time, and it takes a lot of time. You need more simplicity. Be 23. You're doing fine. It's a process. Take your time. Enjoy it. I was working in the ER not long after this conversation, and I spoke with another chaplain talking about the process. School, clinical hours, processing what you see every day. And he emphasized one thing. Enjoy the journey. If you are so set on making it somewhere, once you get there, you won't be ready. That can have implications spiritually and, and of course, vocationally. God is teaching you through the journey. Don't let the world distract you from the gospel. God is teaching you his patience, his forbearance, his heart, wherever you are today and whatever it is that's pressing on your soul. Let's shift gears for a moment. From the last few verses uh, in verses 10 and 11, there is a hope that we can glean from James grace we glean from the text is that the Lord's purposes will produce patience in you. The patience will enable you to endure suffering in such a way that won't leave you in an absolute wreck. The patience is rooted not in you, but in Jesus. And this is what James says. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we considered those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the point in which we see the correlation between patience and suffering. James reminds us of the lives of the prophets. Many prophets spoke of coming hardships, facing the nation, and even spoke of the infidelity of the nation to the Lord. We learn a lot from the prophets that they often had an unpopular message. How difficult it must have been to remain steadfast and to endure. Other translations use perseverance as the language here. We consider those blessed who have persevered, who have been patient and faithfully trusted the Lord even unto persecution. And this is what James is really alluding to here is the Christians being persecuted. We have looked at the life of Job through certain places 
uh, in this series of James. In a condensed version or story, uh, Job experienced every hardship and loss that you can possibly imagine, even to the point that his wife said, curse God and die. Patience and trust of this magnitude takes uh, journeying, and it takes it takes scars. It makes scars. You may be at a point where the only voice you hear trusting God and your hardship is yours alone. People may walk out. People may insult you. People may struggle to understand why you would continue to trust God and patiently wait upon him when everything around you seems to be crumbling. James ends this portion of the text with a reminder, a reminder that you have seen the purposes of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Remember the definition earlier, patience is being well when things around you are not okay. The wellness of patience is not necessarily going to be physical or emotional. You can be spiritually well yet facing much suffering. Consider this. If James is reminding his audience the qualities of God in his compassion and mercy, do we not need the same reminder today? It is in God's compassion and mercy that a patience built on his hope can withstand the storms of hardship. His gospel is producing and creating his love in your life. Have a spirit that sees people in a way, not just that they're worth loving, but they're worth sacrificing for. Anyone would tell you that they would take a bullet for their kids, their family, their spouse. Who tells you that they would take a bullet for a stranger? We say this all the time. I want to see people the way Jesus does. I want to love people the way Jesus does. But do I want to try to sacrifice the way that Jesus does? Am I willing to embrace my suffering for someone who may or may not ever change? The patience that James touches on is centered on the hope of the gospel. And we have our wellness in the gospel to find wellness and godly patience. And this is what the book of Romans says. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, that but, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God is producing many things through our suffering. Have you ever been thankful that you had to go through hardship or a storm in life because you grew through that and gleaned the Lord's wisdom from that trauma? It's the, it's the weirdest thing. Have, has your trauma given people hope? Help them cope with that crisis? 
has that story shown people not just that they can be okay and make it, but that God loves them even if they feel unlovable? Remember this, that the endurance, the character, the hope that gives you the patience to walk through suffering is all because of the faithfulness of Christ. Our faith that Jesus is perfectly faithful. The text breathes a grace into our lives. Patience portrays our hope. Your state of spiritual wellness points back to whom makes you well. If your hope and purpose, if your hope and purpose is, is in you alone, then suffering will overtake you. If your hope is in Jesus, then you know that he hears your prayers and is working even in the uncertainties. Then you will have patience because you know that this isn't everything that there is. And you have freedom, freedom from the anxiety that you have all the answers, that you know exactly what every, everyone needs. A number of weeks ago, I said that wisdom is an act of obedience. I would stress that patience also stresses obedience. An obedience that you trust God enough not to respond to suffering with sin. That suffering can bring you closer to God instead of further. During city groups last fall, we went through a study on gospel-centered living. And in the study, the question was posed, how big is the cross in your life? And I want to ask you a similar question. How strong is the cross in your life? Do you give Jesus the presence in your life to produce a patience that is not contingent on positive outcomes or prayers answered in ways you don't understand or prefer? Maybe you have something going on today Maybe in the past you've reacted in a way that distanced you from a gospel patience. Maybe there's a lot of anger you're holding on to today. I pray that you would ask God to teach you humility and grace in your journey towards his godly patience. The first step is accepting that not everything has to be about you. That although you may have the right answer, it may not be your purpose to give the answer at the present time. I want to leave you with a simple takeaway today. Just one. Where does suffering take you? When you have been faced or currently face suffering, where does that struggle take you? Do you react and become overrun with anger and overwhelming frustration? When you are confronted with these moments either today, this week, or far from now, I want you to really deeply consider once a moment of suffering ensues, where is your spirit? Where does your patience go? Does your patience endure or do you explode? Are you anxious? Or are you at peace? During my freshman year at college, I attended a few AA and Al-Anon meetings uh, to support a family member uh, that I had that had a long battle with addiction. 
Uh, after one of the meetings, I left with an assuring hope that places focus on a patience built upon the gospel. And the next time you're faced with what feels absolutely overwhelming, I want you to think about this quote. And maybe for you, it's something that will be helpful to come back to often. And the first half of this quote is, is controversial. Uh, for some feeling that it strays away from the gospel. It's very abstract. It's very broad. I will share with you the complete serenity prayer. And I think leaving you with this will give you a reminder how the gospel breathes patience in your life, regardless of the season that you're in today. And this is the first part of, of the quote, which a lot, I guarantee you've probably heard, heard a lot of people quote. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. And this is the last part of the quote, which you probably haven't heard often, if ever. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that, uh, that you're patient with us that even when we're going through hard storms, hard moments of life, um, that that you speak to us, that your grace is sufficient for us. Lord, uh, I pray just wherever wherever you are today, that uh, God, instead of uh, having a spirit overwhelmed with with anger, uh, volatility, and rage, Lord, that, that when the moments of suffering or the moments of hardship or or when that thought just comes to your mind, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. I pray that, uh, that we remain steadfast, that, that we pray to you, Lord, that we seek you, that you are our refuge, our strength, our deliverer, Lord. Uh, I pray that, uh, that we continue to, to trust you and depend on your goodness and your grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.